You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 32. What are the best methods when it comes to heating and cooling your home to prevent mold? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome to a brand new episode of the or so away from Christmas and the year is pretty much done. Yeah, yeah, 2019 kind of flew by. Uh, yeah, next week's Christmas and a week later we're going to be in 2020. So so hopefully everybody had a great year. Uh, I know we've uh, we've done a lot with uh, CNC Contractor Services, started doing podcasts. Uh, I wrote two books this year. So hopefully next year will be a better year. But yeah, 2020 is just around the corner. Well, and one thing to consider, I, I don't think we've talked enough about this on the podcast, but if somebody's been listening to the podcast and they know they've got a mold issue and they know they've got something that needs to be dealt with, don't wait till 2020 to deal with it. You do mold consultations for anybody across the country. Exactly. Yeah, it's all done over the phone. And uh, once you go, so you go to the website, obviously, to, to schedule it. Once you've scheduled it, you'll get an email that ha- it's a questionnaire and the reason behind that is because I don't want to spend half of the 60 minute or 90 minute, depending on which consultation you purchase. I don't want to spend half the time gathering, gathering information. And so it's, it's kind of like a doctor, you know, there's a questionnaire that I'll look over uh, prior to our consultation. And that way I have an idea of what's going on. So, so yeah, it's a great, it's a great thing to do. Obviously I'm a little biased. I think it's well worth your money, but like you said, don't wait. And, it, it doesn't even matter if you live in the United States. It's a phone consultation and, you know, we can, we can cover a lot of stuff and, it, you know, it really, it really helps because a lot of clients, they, they don't look at it in the, the way I do as a specialist. And I've been in construction my entire career. So since 1994, 
you know, I've been in construction and I don't know it all. I have a lot to learn, but I, I look at it from a different perspective than, than a homeowner does. So, so yeah, if you think you have issues, uh, schedule a phone consultation. Absolutely. And you can do that by going to cnccontractorservices.com. Definitely go to the site and find out. Again, if you've been thinking about this, listening to these episodes, like I need to, I need to, then you need to stop procrastinating and do it. Uh, And that's just a good way to go into 2020 by getting on top of the things that could affect the home, the health of both your home and your family. Those are key. So today we're continue to talk about the health of your home and family by talking about heating and cooling. So Steve, what are the different ways that people can actually heat and cool their homes, especially because people live in different climates and different areas? Right, right. And it's, you know, when I was doing home inspections, obviously I saw different methods of of heating a home, but for the most part, you know, it was pretty similar. Um, Whereas where we live, well, it's very common, and we'll cover the heat part first, but around here, air conditioning, nobody has it because we pretty much have winter and then winter. <laughs> but we we literally, um, you know, we were just talking about the Christmas coming up, but we seriously went from pretty much summer to winter. And so I, I guess my point is, is around here, you don't... We're, I mean, I I think, I remember in July, I think we were still hitting lows at night in the 40s. Yep. So, yep. so you could just open your windows at night. So around here, a lot of people just, they, they don't, they don't have air conditioning. And a lot of people heat, they use wood burning fireplaces. And, you know, I know our neighbors, they, they use a uh, radiant, uh, it's, it's in floor heat, but they use a boiler and it's all it's it's all firewood that they use so so yeah depending on where you're at um so when we're talking about heat you know you have most of the people that you know that are buying newer homes you you have an hvac system which is heating ventilation and air conditioning and what that is is you'll have an air handler so like your furnace and above that you have a coil which is for your air conditioning and then you have ductwork that, that obviously that's that's where the how the heat is uh, and air conditioning is uh, distributed throughout the home. And then outside you have that condensing unit. So that's kind of what a lot of newer homes have. I'd say even around here, it's probably a 50-50 thing where they, they do air conditioning. Um, but an HVAC system is pretty common now. And so... When we're talking about that, uh, one thing I want to talk about is is the the you know what's the best way is it is it electric if it, you know is it natural gas is it propane? For me, for the most part, it, it's all depends on energy cost. But electric might be better. Electricity is not expensive, or propane might be better. Um, but those are the three ways that those are fueled. Um, so anyhow, going back to heat. So you have the HVAC systems, you have electric baseboard heat, which in my opinion around here, that's kind of the way I would go. Um, especially for like rentals, it's, you have that register in every room, there's a thermostat in every room. So you can control the temperature in every room. It's electric. So for the most part, you don't pose any any mold issues. You don't have to maintain anything. They're they're pretty self reliant. So you have that, and, and that, in my opinion, that's probably for for mold issue. That's probably the way I'd go. 
Um, you also have radiant heat, which can be, sometimes it's in the ceilings, sometimes it's in the walls, but you can run um, the tubing and it can be from either water or it's electric. And if it's water, then you're going to have concerns there. So you have that and then obviously a fireplace, which is self-explanatory. Um, but as far as heat, my recommendation for mold issues would be electric baseboard heat just because you have no plumbing, nothing that really would cause a mold concern. So, well, and when you really think about it in terms of just heating and cooling methods, what's the best way to prevent mold? I mean, I, I've never really understood until we were together that you're supposed to, you know, replace the filters for the air conditioning and different things like that. I mean, there are a lot of people probably like me who don't know why some of those things help prevent mold? Well, you have, so as far as the air filters, those should be changed out every three months. Um, maybe a little sooner if you live in a dusty area. Um, I know, you know, depending on where you live, if you, let's just say you live next to a quarry. So they're, you know, they're, they're digging with machinery and creating lots of dust. Maybe you'd have to change your filters out uh, more often, but you'll be able to tell if you if you change them every three months and you go to change it and it's really really dirty, then go you know every two months. Um, there's also when it comes to the air filters, there's different types of air filters you can purchase. So um, a HEPA filter is the is the best way for allergens, and they're probably. I would say about $20 a filter versus the cheap paper filters that are, I don't know, five or $6, but they it's going to filter a lot smaller microns, meaning particles, which are mold spores to get those allergens out of the air. So HEPA filters is the way I'd go. And most people are, are doing that. It's worth the extra money, but yeah, it's very important because that filter is obviously filtering everything that's going through the home. So if you have a mold issue, or even if it's just debris in the air, like I said, like dirt or dust, it's not going to clean all that out. So you're just inhaling all those particles versus that air filter is going to trap everything. And it's one thing we didn't really talk about, and you kind of mentioned with the, with air conditioning, we didn't really talk about air conditioners, um, you know, and what, what, what are the best ways or best methods to to do air conditioning. So we talked about electric baseboard heat for our area. Well, obviously that's not air conditioning. And so what a lot of people do around here is they use window units. Yeah. It's just an electric unit. It's um, self-contained. So the Freon and everything is in, in the coil is all in that unit. Meaning the only thing moisture wise that it does is just the condensation, which when you install a window unit, you slope it to the outside. And it naturally, the water will just kind of drip on the outside of it. Um, so, so window units actually, once again, when it comes to mold, is, is probably a better route to go. Versus, you know, I, I think the worst thing you could probably do far, as far as mold-wise is, and they still sell them, but, you know, I don't think a whole lot of people use them anymore, swamp coolers. Or a portable unit that operates like a swamp cooler does, meaning you have to put water in it. Oh. So a swamp cooler, for those of you that aren't familiar with that, the way the way that works is 
you could do a window unit. Um, growing up, I grew up in a home where the swamp cooler was up on the roof and there was just the swamp cooler, it was vented to just the hallway. And I remember on hot summer nights, I'd sleep in the hallway underneath that <laughs> air conditioner. Uh, but what it does is, is you, you obviously have to run a water line up to it. And it has a little reservoir in there with a flow, kind of like a toilet. And then what it does is it has a pump and it runs tubing up to, there's four sides of it. It's a square. And it runs it to the top of those sides. And it has... Um, almost looks like your, your air filter on a furnace. It's kind of a, I don't even know what kind of material you call it, but it's kind of a wicking material and water would run down that. So what it would do obviously is make that cool. So it would suck that cool air and then push it down that vent. Okay. And, and my point is with that is you have to have a water line to it. And of course we know that's something that could introduce a mold issue. So in my opinion, a, a swamp cooler. <laughs> They still sell them, but if if you're if you have one and you're gonna upgrade your upgrade your 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 air conditioning or your heat, I would strongly recommend getting rid of that swamp cooler and putting a condensing unit in and, and going that route. So let me ask you a question that I don't know a lot of people if a lot of people connect it with mold. I'm just thinking about ceiling fans and how if you don't dust ceiling fans, which I'm not a big fan of doing that as much as I should. It collects all the dust on the ceiling fan. Is that connected to mold? I mean, all the dust that's circulating as that ceiling fan is going? Of course, yes. It's so, speaking of ceiling fans and heat and air conditioning, most people don't know this, so don't, don't walk away from this podcast and say you didn't learn anything, but you do change, and I don't know if you know this, you do change the direction of your ceiling fans. Yeah, I didn't know that. Summer to winter. Yeah, I didn't know that. And it's obviously you want in you know heat rises. So in the winter you want it to be pushing that air back down. In the summer you want it to be pulling that hot air up. So so keep that in mind, those listeners, that there is a switch on there, and you can reverse it from from one direction to the other. So do that. But as far as the dust, yeah, the most people don't look up there, and when you do, you're gonna think, wow, I can't believe I haven't cleaned this. But mold is, it's a spore and it's, so it's airborne. And depending on the different mold types, some are heavier, stickier. So, you know, stachybotrys, which is the black mold, it's a heavier, stickier mold. So you're, I'm not going to say you wouldn't find it on top of those blades, but you're more likely to find it at the floor level. But just keep in mind with that fan running, you're just spreading these spores everywhere. Okay. And you know, when you kick your fan on and you see a bunch of dust flying everywhere, you should probably shut it off and clean it off. Because, I, I mean, I I personally have seen some pretty nasty, cruddy, slimy crap on top of those blades. And most people just don't see it and they don't think about it. So, you know, they, they have Swiffers or whatever they call them and with handles and you can easily clean them. So, yeah, make sure that you, you are keeping those blades clean on your ceiling fans. Yes, and not that we're promoting Swiffer because they haven't created a sponsorship with us, but they should. <laughs> they should. <laughs> so um, what do people need to do? You just talked about how to maintain ceiling fans. What do they need to do to maintain their heating systems? I mean... With, so with your... your depend on what you have. So I'll go over the main things. Um, so if you have an HVAC system that we talked about, you have an air handler, make sure that you're changing that air filter every three months. I would highly recommend um, a lot of them... Depending on your your gas companies, um, 
they'll come in and obviously you can hire an HVAC company, but you can hire them to come in in the fall and more or less they just do a checkup of the system. They clean everything out, vacuum it out. And from what I remember, I, I, I think it was for like $150 or less. So I would make sure every year you're having a specialist come in, make sure everything's a good working order. You don't want it to be like it is here, 15 degrees out and your air or not air conditioner. You wouldn't need it that cold. Your heater stops working on you. Have a guy come in and check it out. Um, another thing, if you have, let's say you have electric baseboard heat, as I stated earlier, it's pretty much you turn it on. If it doesn't work, then you call an electrician. So there's no reason. There's really no maintenance on that. Uh, if you have a wood-burning fireplace, very important to make sure you have that chimney or that flue swept every year. Because what happens, and in the inside the fireplace, you can see it. It has that creosote buildup. And... In the flue or in the chimney, what you can't see is that builds up on the sides of those flues, and it is very combustible, and that's obviously what causes chimney fires, which can burn your house down. So make sure you have those cleaned. Um, other systems, like I said, if it was a, let's say it's a boiler heat radiant system, for the most part, you don't have to do a whole lot of maintenance on those. But make sure, like I said, that you know which system that you're using in your home and what specialists you need to, to bring in to make sure that they're working right. So the only thing I think about going back to wood burning fireplaces and getting your chimney flue cleaned. The only thing I know about that is the movie Mary Poppins and the way the guy cleaned the chimney and he came out with black soot all over him. Do people still, do you still have to hire somebody to go in there and do that? Or how does it happen now? Well, well nowadays they, what they, they, there's different ways, but, it's almost if if you think about a um like a bristle brush that you clean your dishes with these are circular and then they they clean it from the top oh. of the flue um you know like for like dryer vents it's the same concept but they it's 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 a bristle or wire brush that they send down on a pole and that's how they clean it nowadays obviously you can hook them to a drill it'll do it but as far as going down in the chimney, no, you don't. Okay, so, don't, so the, then you just Google chimney cleaner and find people? Right. And okay. So for the most part, and once again, it's tough to say, but you know, for the most part, there, there's not a whole lot of chimney cleaners out there anymore just because people, a lot of people are moving to the HVAC systems. And I'm not being rude, but it's because people are lazy, you know. Having a wood fireplace takes a lot of work. You gotta it, it go chop the wood. And it's 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 not easy, but it's it, that's why it, it's less expensive to go that route. But yeah, just Google chimney cleaner, and you know if you can't if you can't find one, call your local fire department and have them. Oh, they should idea. know who you know who cleans chimneys. And speaking of local fire departments. I always recommended when I did home inspections, most fire departments for free will come to your property or your home that you're going to buy, and they will do a uh, an inspection on the fireplace. Really? And wow. their their inspection, obviously, they're professionals. And I can't remember if it's a as a home inspector you do a level one, or if it's the fire department that does a level one inspection, and vice versa, whether the home inspector is doing a level two or the fire department, but he. Either way, my point is, is they'll do it for free. They obviously are trained to do that, whereas your home inspector, 
isn't trained to do specifically fireplaces. So, so yeah, if you're going to buy a new home and and in an existing home, let's just say you have a fireplace you haven't used for five years. Call the fire department and ask them, do you charge for a, a fireplace inspection? If they don't, or even if they do, it's worth it. Have them come out and look at it before you try to use, you know, that fireplace. Because as we talked about with creosote, it can cause a fire. Okay, that's, wow, that's really good to know. I didn't know that they did that. So as a major takeaway, how often should people be doing things like changing their filters, their furnace? How often should they be? What's the schedule? So for your air filters, uh, every three months, uh, an inspection on your furnace every year, every fall is what I recommend. As far as how long things last, going back to obviously cleaning your chimney flues, that's every year. As far as how long do they last, um, for the most part, an HVAC system, they're usually about 20 years that they'll last, um, sometimes longer. Uh, for the most part, if you have, if you're maintaining your HVAC system properly, it, it should last easily 20 years. And the most common problem that you run into with that is, is the Freon in the coolant lines. But once again, if you're losing Freon, then you probably have a leak in one of your lines. So, but yeah, if you, if you maintain them properly, they'll last a long time. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's good information to know. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to subscribe, share this episode with your friends, with homeowners, with people who are thinking about buying a home. And, and Merry Christmas to all of you. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's next week. I so can't believe it's next week. I, I hope you're ready. Uh, <laughs> I know we are, but, uh. For all of you out there, yep, have a Merry Christmas. And we'll be doing one more podcast before Christmas. That's right, right before, before Christmas. Christmas. But yeah, have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. And we will talk to you guys a couple days before Christmas next. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.